1: Yeah, will yeah, yeah.
2: morning. Our football team sucks. Everything sucks. Welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast. Uh, I'm not that serious. It's not all doom and gloom. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot to get into in the baseball world. But, Renee, I think all of Philadelphia is licking their wounds right now uh, off of the Eagles. Uh, just terrible performance in back-to-back weeks. And the first time Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni have lost back-to-back games in like two years. This is uncharted water for us. We're not used to this, especially in the way that it happened. Uh, And I think it's been a cold dose of reality for uh, Eagles Nation. So good morning. Happy Monday to everybody.
0: Yeah, you know, I jumped into the chat earlier before the show actually began to say hello to everyone, and I saw all the frustration in the chat, and could not agree with you more. Yesterday was a very weird day, um, and at first I found myself like, oh, haha, Aaron Rodgers celebrated 40 year his 40th birthday, and he said he's done and he's not coming back, haha. Then I was kind of ha-haing at the Chiefs because they were whining and complaining about the clearly offsides play. What the hell? Where what is
2: wrong with that? Tony
0: was clearly offsides, and then the karma came all the way down to Dallas, um, AT&T stadium, because I had friends that's maybe not a friend anymore. Face timing me. That's a Cowboys fan and was like, Oh, haha! I just wanted to show you, you know, a real stadium, what a real stadium looks like. And you know, the Eagles, it was very disappointing. I'm very frustrated, and I'm also frustrated that now they made history in all the wrong ways of being the first team that ever beat ten and one and then lose back to back games by twenty plus points. Yes, it's, it's just it's been a it's been a fall from grace, that's for sure. True. and I know uh, I've made a lot of optimistic comments in the past about it's a long season. uh if the Eagles don't close out this stretch and win out, they don't deserve to be the top seed anyways, and I'm very concerned about the playoffs. So this has me very much like uh, it's a reality check I felt like. And I can be a real reality fan in that sense of like, all right, you know what? They're, they have clear, obvious needs for fixing some things. The amount of dropped passes and fumbles and just mistakes all around, not good enough. So hopefully starting next week, it'll be better.
2: Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Seattle's a tough place to play. Pete Carroll's a really good coach. They should be getting Geno Smith back. I know. I think the, uh, the last four games, the Eagles were keeping in their back pocket. There is a cakewalk is no longer a cakewalk. Uh no, this team needs to big. figure some stuff out here in a major way. And uh, you know, Sean Desai and his defense are struggling. Mm. And mm. Brian Johnson and the offense also are struggling. struggling. <laughs> All of a sudden now the Eagles can't really run block. Um, they they got cases of the drops in the, in the and the and the fumbolitis and just generally pretty much terrible all around. There's nothing really to look at right now on this team and go, hmm, they can yeah. turn this around. So hopefully they go to Seattle as a three-and-a-half point favorite on Monday night. They get that extra day of rest and you know, look like Eagles of old, but uh, not great.
0: To go an entire game and you have to rely on your defense to help you score. Uh, not Shout good out Jalen Carter. Yeah, and, and, our and our co-worker Fletcher Fletch. Cox made a huge play. And I was like, oh, wow, look. Our coworker Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter made a huge play. And much like the week before, it felt like this that could have been the play that would change some momentum, but it didn't matter because Devontae Smith dropping passes, AJ Brown. Um look, Jalen Hurts gets a lot of heat, and I'm sick and tired of it, but it's not just on Jalen Hurts. I, I think Jalen Hurts can be playing better, but the D line and the O line are both looking abysmal. And so you can't win games with guys wide open, like the like the way we saw. Last week with the 49ers, this week with the Cowboys, unable to make tackles and then unable to even hold on to a single pass. It's just. Yeah,
2: um, I mean, when you take away the 49ers kneel down uh, to pretty much have 11 consecutive drives for mm. the defense uh, where you let up scoring plays is not great. Uh, so I know Mickey Durkin's like, can we please move on? <laughs> please talk baseball. I don't want to talk Eagle. Well, we're just you know we're we're pulling the community together here. We're Mickey. trying,
0: guys. We're all we're all morning together. Yeah, today
2: today's rough. And um, well,
0: the, the other thing was uh, you look at the stretch the Eagles have had the last five games. I'm moving on from this. What is it? Five games where they were down double figures at halftime. Yeah, that was in Riches. And uh, you wonder newsletter. why the the defense looks exhausted. Uh, you're giving up 20 plus points in the course of every first half, you're going to be exhausted. You're on the field so much. And then on the other side, the offense can't seem to do anything. So it's just very frustrating. It's, it's bigger than just the coordinators. It's on the field. It's a lot going on. And this week needs to be a huge overhaul for sure. And at least I will say one positive. We're not whining and crying like the Chiefs fans are right now, blaming the officials because we're aware the Eagles just got shellacked And beat up and down the field by the Cowboys. Yeah,
2: nobody hates us more than we hate ourselves when things are going poorly. Yeah, we're not blaming officials. Like, like we're good. Like, 49ers fans and Cowboys fans that have been hopping in Uh our post-game show uh, (laughs) chats these last two weeks. uh, Enjoy it. You can't hurt us any more than we hurt ourselves. Like. We hate our teams when things aren't going oh, well. Yeah. So, like oh, the yeah. words you say, like just bounce right off of us because our hate is within. It's deep in our DNA. Wait, so.
0: what is this? Oh no, I'm going to Google it first. Words stick, bounce off me and stick to you. What Some does that say? Yeah,
2: Sticks r-
3: and stones. I'm, I'm rubber, your glue. I'm rubber,
0: okay, I had to Google it. That's Go ahead, it Tyler, it's say a, it's it for I'm us. I'm
3: rubber, your glue. Uh, whatever you say. Bounces, bounces off, off me and, me and sticks, sticks to you. To you. Yeah, that's yeah. What it is.
0: bam.
2: That's that's what it's like being in <laughs> Philadelphia. Don't worry, we got the hate covered when things are going poorly here.
0: Oh, uh, the only other thing I will say, I know John is bringing up Slay in the chat. Is it's ridiculous that uh, Darius Slay's wife Jennifer is getting trolled on Twitter and people are attacking her as if she's on the field playing. Listen. Save all the frustration for the guys because they're the ones actually between the lines playing, but their wives and families, it, you got to draw a line somewhere. And I felt I was so frustrated seeing on Twitter, Jennifer Slay retweeting and, and, and sharing the amount of hateful just terrible disrespectful um messages and tweets that she was getting from people because of how bad the eagles look it's just you gotta come on yeah she's
2: been really cool and like you know gone out to tailgates and like
0: yeah she's one that's like a ton of giveaways and stuff it's just
2: uh you know online is a place for cowards behind behind fake it was all
0: bots and 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 yeah i'm sure none of the people actually had real
2: faces on their avatars and any of that but uh things are not great in eagles land right now and uh (laughs) You know, we just wanted to start the show talking about how bad things are.
0: All right. We spent seven <laughs> minutes. We're moving on, Jamie. We're moving on because it was a wild weekend. I know we also have a special guest joining us today, so we've got a lot to get into. Uh, we're going to have uh, baseball analyst Sarah Sanchez on the show with us later from Cubs land. But in L.A. land, um, starting with the Dodgers, listen, when we left on Friday, we signed out with the expectation knowing Shohei otani was going to make a move this weekend and it was just a matter of where was it going to be the blue jays was it was it the rumors real that he was the one on the plane no they were not actually ironically it was not Shohei otani on those planes it was the guy from shark tank
2: robert Herjavec. Robert,
0: who was like sorry guys which is it's the funniest <laughs> thing ever well i like that it was shark tank and we talk about shark tank on our show
2: yeah and our own Thought shark that. tank here mm-hmm. um so the rumors coming out of this story are pretty wild and, and pretty scummy, if true, about the agency. Uh, you know, look, who cares? They got more money for their client. They won. But apparently uh, there, there's a theory that some fake internet accounts were started putting this flight tracker on the radar of other people. Mm. And then word might have gotten to John Morosi that Otani was, in fact, on the plane um mm-hmm. because the Dodgers apparently had a late Friday night meeting about it uh, and apparently there was some panic in the building uh they felt like they were always going to get him but when they they didn't know whether or not to believe the rumor but they thought there was enough there to worry about it so they apparently worked late into the night Friday night panicked that Choi was going to go to Toronto which i believe Jason Stark or somebody confirmed did have a very formidable offer on the table and it was under real mm-hmm. consideration, uh, but I think he always wanted to stay in Southern California. I think the agency knew that, and they might have played some shenanigans here to get the Dodgers to pony up huh. uh now it's a fascinating deal because we still don't know the details of it uh seven hundred million dollars is a lot of money a lot of a money. lot of money, and he's not going to be able to pitch this year obviously uh but I'm really curious to see how this contract breaks down because mm. Jeff Passan uh, of ESPN speculates it's going to fall in on the average annual salary between 40 and 50 million per year with, Oof. quote unquote, a lot or most of the contract in deferments. Um, so, you know, Shoei might be getting paid by the Dodgers in 2065 still. So I'm Mm. really curious to see how this one breaks down. Uh, The scary part is the Dodgers still, I think have 53 million to spend to match last year's salary uh, spent and 75 million away from their all time expenditure. So, like, the scary part is the Dodgers are still going to be able to get better. The Dodgers are not done better.
0: yet. Yeah, reports have definitely indicated that the Dodgers are very aggressively still pursuing other names, and we'll get to those because they're not done even with this $700 million 10-year deal uh, that Shohei Ohtani has been reported to get. So with the, with Ohtani joining Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and the Dodgers, things not only get scary in terms of the roster, but the numbers that Ohtani receives surpass. So many historic contracts that we've ever seen. So, the largest contract in worldwide sports history, passing Lionel Messi's $674 million deal back with, in 2017 with Barcelona, also uh, surpasses Killian Mbappe. I'm a huge Mbappe fan, one of the best soccer players in the world, along with Messi. Got a $679 million deal uh, back to stay with PSG. And then of course, even in North American sports cleared all North American sports, because we haven't seen numbers like this in North American sports in any league, but it even exceeds, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes, who's, as we know. Um, a cry baby. A cry baby. She, she's Patrick Mahomes, 10-year, $150 million extension, and um, also cleared, of course, Mike Trout. It's bigger than just baseball. This is a sports iconic moment that we're seeing for Shoei Otani, that this number has raised the roof of what athletes are able to get. So when I saw those numbers, I'm like, holy crap, there's a lot of things you can buy with $700 million. I know I started seeing all these tweets and reports. One was saying that Otani makes is going to make more money in this deal than like eight or not eight to ten different leagues have in terms of revenue. Like the numbers that he's making surpass just forget players. We're talking whole teams, whole leagues that he's receiving that 700 million dollar deal. So it's actually kind of scary when you think about just how much money he's making in comparison to to others. I mean, there were times we saw A-Rod getting a historic deal and obviously Bryce Harper, Mike Trout. Forget it. Otani has cleared everybody and end some with the deal that he got. So, well, except uh,
2: one and, and Matt Deckard <laughs> points it out, uh, John Rom just got six hundred million for three years from live. Mm. That is absolutely And wild. Saudi
0: Arabia is absolutely going to be pushing the needle with their leagues because they just have money on top of money on top of money. So he
2: per average like smokes Otani, which mm-hmm. is wild to think about. Uh, man 200 million a year that's Absolutely. insane That's
0: insane. yeah and like
2: these numbers aren't real they're um, not real
0: i mean i just don't even know i can't wrap my head around what you do with that money you know i know um you well, the know state guys of california in the chat- is gonna take a big
2: <laughs> chunk of Joey's cash
0: exactly uh you guys in the chat let us know uh because i don't know what i would do with even one million dollars let alone I know he's not getting all of it. Of course, there's taxes and all this stuff. And, of course, it's spread over 10 years. But that is still insane when you look at those numbers. Yeah. But congrats to my future husband, Choi Otani, uh, for, you know, this historic contract and also becoming just the fifth player to be in free agency after being MVP this season before. Just the fourth reigning MVP to change teams in the offseason. You know, it's a lot that Otani's done. But it also makes you now wonder, with the Dodgers not done, What in the world are the Dodgers going to look like? We know they jumped up to be favorites with this move on betting odds, but uh, this is a a scary season out in L.A. for the Dodgers.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about this, and Tyler, I want to get your opinion on this because, yeah, this is kind of like worst case for the the Phillies uh, because obviously (laughs) it's another National League roadblock for you. But the thing Mm. I was thinking about yesterday, and I threw it out to Andrew and Bo, who are here with me, I think you can make the case and now like I haven't deep dove this and I haven't looked at baseball rosters of all time, but in terms of a one, two, and three hitter at the top of the order, Man. you can make the case that this is the greatest one, two, three in baseball history. I mean, all three guys are multiple MVPs. Freeman would have more if it wasn't for bets and bets might have right. more if it wasn't for uh Freeman or vice versa. And then Otani's got back to back. Like. You're talking about three of the game's best players at the top of an order. It's absolutely wild to think about. That's not a hot take, right, Tyler? This could possibly oh, be the yeah. best one-two-three ever. I
3: don't. I don't think so. I mean, you're you're probably thinking about going back to like the 27 Yankees, yeah, the Murderers' where, where you row. think about like you know. But the thing is, even with that team, I I believe Ruth and Garrick hit three-four, mm. and even if you put Earl Combs, I, I'm just saying any three hitters sure. in any order All right, you want. So like, if you go Earl Combs, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, like that's like the 27. Yeah, the, the, this is comp- probably the three best players. <laughs> this is better. is better. Really Really, 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 really. Like how many reallys can I put into that yeah, <laughs> before I say good? It's like actually
2: terrifying how good that so, is. So
0: I think what makes it more terrifying, if anybody has ever heard or, or l- listened to how I speak, I'm not big on just having all the superstars because sports are about team chemistry. It's about, you know, and in, especially in sports like basketball, football, soccer. There's only one ball. You know, there's only one. You know, you got you to be able to share the rock. Baseball is much different than that. It's the most you know, individualized it's, it's the team most, sport. It, it is. So this is the one time I could say, holy crap, Having these superstars and MVPs and the best – we're talking the best of the best all on the same team, top of the batting order, is terrifying because (laughs) this is not a situation of chemistry. There's no situation of like, okay, what's your half-court offense going to look like with these three superstars? What's your O-line going to look like with – no, no, no. Baseball is so different. So this is the one time I can openly say bringing in all these superstars, if they stay – it's all about health. That's the only thing that would be a barometer in my opinion. That without a doubt, this team is 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 scary. Freddie Freeman um, and
2: uh, Mookie Betts don't miss games, unfortunately. No, no, no. and so the only, Eugene uh, Krabs, injury who has
0: a new picture today, by the way. Uh shout out to Eugene for the new icon of a muscular Swole Dog. A swole crab. Is that swole dog, Otani is now out of my league. I didn't I didn't even come ugh, I should have came more prepared today. Like I'm I'm very casual Monday. Yeah, but just <laughs> thinking
2: about how filthy that is. Jake um, just moved on. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, Betts, Freeman, scary, and Otani, like, and they have it all covered. They have
0: and they're not on done base, yet.
2: average, power, like just situational play. <laughs> like that's the three best bats probably ever combined, I think, on a mm. roster. Because if you have to go back to the, you know, somebody said 1920s don't count, Tyler. Dave Big. like if you have to go back to over a century ago, yeah, you're probably the. Be- I can't think of something in modern baseball that's even really like close to it.
0: Yeah, I all right, I don't know. So,
2: so if the the 20s don't <laughs> count, that's fine. What, the what Roaring if, 20s do not count. What, what if I
3: go to like the late 40s, early 50s Dodgers, <laughs> and I give you like Robinson, Campanella, and pick a third, right? Like, but that's guy. the thing—you have to pick a third. These three are all legit. Yeah. MVP guys. With, I mean, oof. you could you could pick Gil Hodges I mean Gil Hodges is probably the third nope.
2: Joey Freddie and, and Mookie's better all right I mean I, I, I just I'm just trying to give you some alternatives it's like, just it's the, I'm just trying to paint the picture of how horrifying it is to yeah. have those three yeah. together is just like you're gonna have every pitcher shitting himself uh, at the at the bottom of the order they're gonna go like I don't care if it's Aaron Nola Zach you're going damn bets so Freeman Otani makes- my god <laughs>
0: What it makes me wonder is two things. One, is this good for baseball? And two, now what do other teams do? Like, we, don't, we always talk about the big threes and everything. What do other teams do to try to combat this? Because how do you match up and prepare for a team like the Dodgers? And I know we're going to get into the Phillies. We're going to get into, you know, other teams around the league. But how do you possibly, like, they raise the stakes And now other teams are trying to, like, match. Okay, the Dodgers are the favorite. We have to construct our rosters to be able to beat the Dodgers. Well, this
2: is, you know, I know baseball has instilled the competitive balance tax and all that, and it's an uncapped sport. But, I mean, the reality of the situation is two-thirds of baseball can't even come close to countering Exactly.
0: Exactly. It
2: it all comes down to your big market clubs, which is the unfortunate reality of baseball. It's just, Mm. like, these mid-market and small teams, and even a team like Seattle, like you get Julio Rodriguez is yeah. once in a generation type player and you have some really nice pieces out there. It's probably not going to be enough to get past, you know, whether it be the Yankees and we'll see if they get Yamamoto, uh, you know, your top six or seven market teams, even Toronto had the money yes. and has the young talent yes. and couldn't really get in the arena. So it's just, I don't want to say it's a problem because it probably is good for the sport to have those three together. Um, because baseball historians are gonna watch. Like, I want to tune in some Dodgers games.
0: I was gonna, you say, know, as a, the so, baseball fan of me
2: is like, shit, I want to see these guys play. Unfortunately, the Phillies play in the NL, so that sucks. Yeah, but I do want to watch every one, two, three the Dodgers are gonna be batting this year because that is baseball royalty married together. It's scary.
0: Yeah, I do think from a, a competitive standpoint of. This team and look, we I just saw it in the WNBA um with the Las Vegas Aces. I just we've seen it happen in of course in the NBA. We've seen it happen in other leagues. And it the competitor side is always where people are like Oh, no, it's not fair because nobody can beat them. But on the fan side of being able to see all your every game is yeah. like an all-star game. Yeah. That Now you're going to have ticket sales forget ticket sales, but you're going to have more people talking about the Dodgers just because of this trio that now even when the news broke, I saw so many people that I don't even think I've ever seen talking about baseball. Like, oh, hey, my kids are playing baseball, but yeah. B, I'm now going to watch the Dodgers because they may not be able to name. 10 different baseball players, but they can name Mookie Betts, Shoyotani, Ohtani, and Freeman. And they're like, okay, now I'm tuning in. So I think for the sport itself, it's like a double-edged sword where they're obviously teams are going to do their best and be able to compete, but it's going to be fun for people that are the casual baseball fans. They don't have a team that they heavily follow that now they're going to want to watch because it's the big names it's, and it's in LA it's the Dodgers. It's, it's a, it's a club that's going to attract people. And I know even, Bleacher Report put out this tweet and it made me crack up. It was like, LA sports fans waking up this morning and it was like the LeBron meme of like, ah, so excited because the Lakers had won the inaugural NBA in-season tournament and then the Dodgers landed Yotani. Meanwhile, LAFC had just lost in the MLS Cup. Don't get me started on that. Um, but it's like for LA, this is the hub. Like sports, Miami, LA, the, these are the major cities and you have the biggest of the biggest in LA. It's, it's a scary time. Yeah, and MB, MBD
2: in the chat brings up <laughs> something that I want to get to in a second about the competitive da- balance tack and the deferred money because uh, we still don't know what this contract is going to look like. Right. Uh, but I do want to tell you about game time. Uh, it's the holidays. Everybody loves getting tickets to their favorite events, whether it's sports, concerts, theater, uh, comedy shows, whatever somebody is into. It's always great to surprise somebody with some tickets to their favorite event. And if you use code PHLY, you'll get $20 off. Uh, your first purchase on the GameTime app. GameTime app is the fastest growing ticket marketplace in the country. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find find and buy tickets to every event in your area. And one of my f- my favorite parts of it is the image of your seat views. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason, because you can get those images of your seats, and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And it's sent directly to your phone. You don't have to go rooting through your email. And tickets make great Holiday gifts. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Game, download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And while we're on the subject of holidays, I also want to tell you about wheelhouse cards. Because they have two great locations for customers in the holiday season in Wayne and Westchester. And they're here uh, at PHLY offices, our go to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because a love of sports unites us all. They carry all your favorite card brands like top Chrome baseball and mosaic football, as well as t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more from brands like Mitchell and Ness, 47 brand junk food starter. And one of my favorite shy vintage sports. So if you're looking to grade your sports card collection, wheelhouse has you covered because they offer PSA grading submissions they also host a ton of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. So stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester, open seven days per week at 11 a.m. and use that code PHLY to get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store, and be sure to give them a follow on Instagram. Now, MBD said something in the chat about the deferred money, and its it appears to be a skirt around the competitive uh, balance tax in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Jeff Passon speculates that his seventy million per year is actually only going to count on the cap somewhere between forty and fifty million. It's still, uh, you know, ha- hasn't been public uh, of what the details of this contract are. Mm-hmm. I do agree it's a loophole in this because if you're, yeah. you know, look, Bobby Abenia made it famous because he's going to be getting paid for like another five or six years still. Um, it does seem like now they do weight it a little bit towards the salary of this current year. So you do get slightly penalized, but it does seem like a cheap way, uh, to skirt the competitive balance tax, uh, in major league baseball. And it feels, it feels wrong, you know, <sighs> to like, you, you still have to pay Otani years from now. And like, uh, passing basically says that this is going to have them in the, Uh, the tax threshold for the next Mm -hmm. decade, like pretty much automatically. Um, So like you do, but like the fines aren't that much. Yeah, If you're talking about an LA Dodgers or, you know, one of these big market clubs with these big market TV deals, like paying 5% of what you go over the balance Mm -hmm. is not really like that deterring for a team. Uh, to incur because, if, especially if it's somebody like Otani, like the international business and TV deals and all this that's going to come with it is mm-hmm. going to make up for that in the blink of an eye. So, it is, it does feel cheap uh, the way they do this.
0: It does. It I does. wish the
2: Phillies would do it, but it does feel cheap.
0: And look, I think that we're seeing on the business side players, their agents, their team are just getting more business savvy. And it's, I remember Messi was going to the same thing when he was coming to the MLS because he was trying to figure out a team he can go to where he could work around the taxes and they want to get the most money in their pocket now, instead of having to have all these other, you know, for baseball, it's competitive balance tax, you know, it's all these other um, (laughs) loopholes they have to essentially jump through to get paid their money. So now part of the negotiations and part of the process for these superstar athletes like Otani is where can I play where I can get the most of my money? That's essentially what it's become. And then now making sure that you have the opportunity to make sure you are um, following through with that and, you know, seeing and and calculating because they want to get paid. And that's where, okay if you're going to get 700 million, but then there's all these other. But
2: it's not like like as MBD says, it's called the competitive balance (laughs) tax, but it's not you know, it's keeping not. a balance here. Like, like it, it, it does seem like a cheap skirt around. We'll continue that conversation yeah. this week. I uh, but it is kind of fascinating because our, our guest is here with us yes, uh, and we can obviously get her opinion on this. Uh, but Sarah Sanchez is going to be joining us here. She is a baseball analyst and podcaster whose work can be found at pitcher list baseball headquarters and sports blog nation's Bleed Cubby Blue. Sarah joins us <laughs> from Chicago. Sarah, I don't know how much of the Shoei Otani conversation you just heard. Obviously, in Chicago, Cubs fans were hopeful, probably somewhat pessimistic, <laughs> if I had to guess. Uh, but the competitive balance tax and deferred money for 10 years and, and all that, it, it, it just kind of seems, I don't know, like a little cheap. Like the competitive <laughs> balance tax isn't actually benefiting anybody but the big market clubs.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I was following this about as closely as one can in Chicago. We were hoping it would be Chicago or Shohei Otani in the coming year, but not not the case. I will say the Cubs are one of the teams that should be able to go toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. The fact that Jed Hoyer has chosen not to do that for hashtag reasons, is totally a front office decision that has very little to do with the money the Chicago Cubs make. They are another team that controls their own network, so they're not dependent on some of the RSN money that some of these teams like the Padres or the Diamondbacks are losing, that they're going to have problems keeping up with a team like the Dodgers, but the Cubs are not in that position. By all accounts, it appears their offer was pretty short and that they were not really down to the final two teams, which it looks like were the Blue Jays, uh, and the Dodgers, but let's let's be clear. If there are five teams in baseball who can compete with the Dodgers on this, yeah. the Chicago Cubs are one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Sarah, nice to have you here. I know Jed Hoyer was also talking about how, you know, sometimes people don't want to go to options B, C, and D until options A, option A is gone, and with Shoyotani Ohtani gone, and as you, you mentioned, uh, we found out later the Cubs were not one of the finalists, contrary to what some early reports were. You know, what are kind of the, the what's kind of the response? around finding out that the Cubs were not finalists and now looking towards options B, C, and D. Is there optimism? Is there excitement? Is there pessimism following the fact that the Cubs did not land Otani? I
1: think there's a lot of question marks and it's going to be really interesting to see what Jed Hoyer does next. One of the things that has been true here for a few (laughs) years now is that the Cubs really haven't landed one of the top free agents in the market going back all the way to like 2015, when they got jason hayward to sign here uh, with a deal that was a little bit short of what the cardinals were offering at the time and and jason hayward for the record is still the largest contract in the history of the chicago cubs at wow. his eight years 187 million dollars so it's easy to see why they're missing out on these wow. guys who are getting 280 360 million dollars a year when all of your contract offers that are nine digits start with a one Mm -hmm. Um, beyond that. I will say that I think that the Cubs have some moves in them, a couple that are uh, from Philadelphia actually. So definitely worth talking about, but I'm not even sure they're going to be in on Cody Bellinger, who was so great for this team last season. They offered him um, a one year sort of pillow contract to reestablish his market and Bellinger took full advantage of that. I can't imagine that the Cubs are going to top an offer that the Giants would give to Cody Bellinger or that the Blue Jays at this point would give to Cody Bellinger. And so I think that they're probably going to wind up third in that sweepstakes, which means they're going to be right back to where they've been before sort of shopping (laughs) at the higher end of the mid tier free agents. And don't get me wrong. Like a guy like Dansby Swanson is a nice player, but Dansby Swanson was not one of the top three shortstop contracts that went out last year, he was the fourth one and it was the most reasonable one. It's sort of like you're shopping for a Prius while everybody else is out there shopping for (laughs) fur.
2: Yeah. And we'll get to one of our old friends, Reese Hoskins, who might be on the Cubs radar. So what is kind of the expectation? Is there a thought that Cubs could go after a Jordan Montgomery, a Yamamoto still, you know, Blake Snell, like what, what is the top of the checklist here for Cubs nation?
1: It's a great question. I think the Cubs really need three things and and they can they can kill two of these birds with one stone. Uh, they need a first baseman or they need a third baseman and and it's sort of dependent on where they think Christopher Morel can slot in cuz Christopher Morel is a really talented 24-year-old kid who's who's his home run numbers last year he had 37 home runs across w, AAA and the majors last year and I think that you can slot him in somewhere for the Chicago Cubs but the question is he hasn't really had a defensive position to date. And so is he going to be your third baseman? If so, you probably do focus on a guy like Reese Hoskins. And he's exactly the type of contract Jed Hoyer loves, right? Like you give that guy a couple of years of a high AAV, let him reestablish his value. He can hit free agency again. This is like textbook Jed Hoyer. So I think that Reese is a great fit for the Chicago Cubs at first base, especially considering that Jamer Candelario has already signed With the Reds, I thought he was also a pretty great corner infielder fit for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, The other guy that they might look to if they decide to go the third-base route rather than the first-base route is Matt Chapman, who I think is probably going to get – now, this is a little bit more outside of Judd's comfort zone. He's probably going to get six years, $150 if you believe the MLB trade rumors estimates that are out there. Mm -hmm. But Matt Chapman would fit in really nicely at Wrigley Field. Even in a down year last year, he had a WRC+. plus of 110. So he was 10% better than your league average hitter at bringing in runs. And I think that Matt Chapman would upgrade the Cubs defensively at third base, give them a middle of the order bat and would be a really nice fit for this team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you're talking about Jed Hoyers, um, focus more on wanting to have guys that come and improve it and develop, uh, versus just always spending money, uh, can, can, uh, relate in some sense. Um, but as you talk about Reese Hoskins specifically, we've, We've mentioned on our show many times we want Reese Hoskins to go somewhere where he can he can shine. He can do well. We feel like the Cubs would be a spot for that. We don't want to see Reese Hoskins go somewhere where, you know, he's not going to be able to have opportunities and um, his career is going to go left. So it feels like the Cubs could be a great fit for Reese based off of our experiences and what we know and love about Reese. But on the other side for the Cubs, uh, as you mentioned, first baseman, how are you guys feeling about Reese in terms of what he would add to the clubhouse to the team uh, as a first baseman and as a a great guy that can smash balls out of the park.
1: I love Reese Hoskins and I love this for the Chicago Cubs. I think that Reese Hoskins does a couple of things that the Cubs have not had since Anthony Rizzo was manning first base over there for the Chicago Cubs. He's, he isn't a, he's a power first baseman. So the Cubs have not really had somebody who is going to hit 30 home runs a season for you at that first base spot. And frankly, like I know that Reese Hoskins isn't quite, At the same defensive prowess level that Anthony Rizzo was, but just having a guy that knows what he's doing over there is a huge help. I watched way too many guys who were third baseman, Patrick Wisdom looking at you, or outfielders, Trey Mancini looking at you, trying to hold down first base, and and the number of errors, just mental errors, and and things that cost the Cubs runs down the stretch from those guys what was apparent to anyone who was watching this team regularly. So I think Reese Hoskins, from a clubhouse fit, from a trying to reestablish his value fit. Hitting 30 home runs, Uh, right field power plays very well at Wrigley Field would be a great fit for this Chicago Cubs team. The one thing that I did not mention that is definitely on the Cubs wish list as well this offseason, they need a starting pitcher, and it's going to be interesting to see who that starting pitcher is. You mentioned a few names. I think of the names you mentioned, uh, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. I I actually really like Montgomery as a fit for this team. I think that he is exactly the type of guy that Jed Hoyer loves. It is a very good defense up the middle for the Chicago Cubs team. And so pitch to contact guy can overperform here as we saw for from Justin Steele, as we saw from Marcus Stroman. And I think Jordan Montgomery would really fit that mark.
2: Yeah, Sarah, this is a question I asked Renee and uh, our producer Tyler here in the show before we got to it. I'm kind of like, you know, NL depressed about the Dodgers <laughs> one, two, three in the order, the baseball fan in me, not the Phillies fan in me goes, my God, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Ohtani, might be the greatest three combinations of hitters in the history of the game. Uh, Do you kind of feel that like national league kind of like now, of course, you know, they can be beat, but it does feel like, damn the national league really just went through Los Angeles with this move.
1: You know, it's interesting to me because the Dodgers certainly look like a super team and the Atlanta Braves for that matter, look like a super team too. But Baseball is such a quirky sport
2: and no pitching to your, yeah, Not, where you're probably going. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Neither of those teams has made it to the world Series in the last couple of seasons, despite being absolute juggernauts. And, and you have to get hot at the right time. You have to have pitching as well. And I think what we saw with the Braves last season and with the Dodgers, this last season in the playoffs is their pitching ran out of gas. They didn't have the ability to get it done down the stretch. And one of the things I like for the Chicago Cubs, which I cannot say the same thing for the Phillies, unfortunately, but playing in the NL Central, it's a lot easier path to get yourself a ticket to the Mm. games, right? Like winning that NL Central with the Brewers kind of on a downward trend, the Cardinals sort of trying to reset after a year that was historically bad for the St. Louis Cardinals. The NL Central is a winnable division. The Chicago Cubs clearly have money to spend if they were even in the conversation to discuss signing Shohei Otani, So I feel like the Cubs can reset pretty quick here and jump to the top of the central really fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, you're sharing some great nuggets of information. I love it. Um, I know our own Tyler Zuli actually had a question for you and I'm not going to ask it for him. I'm gonna let him ask it. Our producer Tyler's well, got I appreciate that. a great question that he wants to ask. So uh,
3: Sarah, you were talking about, you know, Reese Hoskins potentially being, you know, the, the, the move at first moving Morel to third, you know, just, strictly by knowing what Reese Hoskins is as a defender and and, and watching Morrell a little bit and looking at the numbers and the D-War kind of both being uh, in the negative, is the bank kind of the elite-level middle Mm -hmm. infield play kind of covering the corners a little bit more? Like, you know, with with Swanson with Swanson and Horner up the middle, is that kind of like, all right, your range is an extra step and a half now because we have these two guys on the corner? Is that kind of how you're viewing this?
1: Well, it's a great question because the big question mark with Christopher Morrell is where can he play where his glove is not going to be a liability. And to be clear, I think with Christopher Morrell, the bigger problem is he hasn't had a chance to establish himself at any one position. And the place he looks most comfortable is second base where you've got a gold Glover and Nico Horner. So giving that spot to Christopher Morrell is a really hard sell to the Cubs when they want to have that up the middle defense with Swanson and Horner. I think that Christopher Morrell... Probably needs to play every game of spring training that he can play healthily at third, so the Cubs can see what, if anything, he can do there. And if it's not going to work, then at least you find that out in spring training. He has a live arm. He is one of the strongest arms in the league. I think it's like 98th or 99th percentile. It's also like a Sean Dunstan arm, right? Like that's a cannon that can. Theor- that every now and again the ball just sails on him. And you're absolutely correct that the combination of Christopher Morrell and Reese Hoskins could be a potential disaster if he can't get that under control. So <laughs> I think you find out in spring training if that is something he can get under control. If he can, you let him take third base there. If he can't, one of those guys becomes a DH and the other one takes first.
0: Yeah, Sarah. So last thing before we let you go, we uh, appreciate your time, of course. I have to put you in the hot seat a little bit. Obviously, we've all been Ooh. watching closely around all of the moves and roster changes that we've seen. We, the biggest one was Juan Soto off the board, then Shohei Otani. Obviously, there's still big players up for grabs and someone like Yamamoto. What are you expecting next that's going to kind of shake the baseball world uh, in terms of a roster move that you're anticipating? Doesn't have to be Cubs or Phillies specific, but looking across the league, what are you thinking is going to happen next?
1: I think that the next big thing is the bidding war for Cody Bellinger. And as far as I can tell, I think that the two teams that are most likely to land Bellinger, I think the Yankees were a really good spot before they got Soto and Verdugo. I think the Yankees are probably out on Cody Bellinger now. So I think this becomes a bidding war between the San Francisco Giants and the Toronto Blue Jays. And that is super interesting to me because the Giants have been trying to give give guys hundreds of millions of dollars for multiple seasons (laughs) now, and they have not been able to do it. And if you were the San Francisco Giants, You just watched Shohei Otani sign the biggest contract in the history of sports for your rival. The only way you can counter in this market is signing Cody Bellinger and taking the Dodgers former MVP and former Rookie of the Year and putting him in center field for San Francisco. So I'm really curious to see how that lines up the Blue Jays are also super motivated here Cody Bellinger would play nicely in that lineup and so and those are two teams that have demonstrated they have the money to spend they just need someone to take it so I'm curious to see how that bidding work goes
2: so on that note as we wrap up um do Cubs fans want him back at that kind of market value because to me like it's I don't want to say risky because he did bounce back the pedigree was always there but he had two really bad years and Mm. that type of money like It does seem a little bit risky to me, obviously a great year last year, uh, but do Cubs fans want him back at that kind of market value?
1: Really depends on what Cubs fan you're talking to. I did a deep dive on (laughs) Cody Bellinger in about July or August. And the thing that is mystifying about his, if you just look at his baseball savant page, he dropped the K rate considerably. I think he got it down to 16, 17% last season, but everything else doesn't really look like he fixed all that much. The barrel yeah. rate was the lowest of his career. The hard hit rate is down. Now, I also watched him just kind of do a lot of that little like wedge shot over the second baseman, that, that shot that's no longer an automatic out because of the shift rules. And so he can be an effective bat in the lineup there, and he does still have some power. But if you look at his baseball savant page, it's really a study in contradictions. It's like he got the K rate down, he became a much better hitter. And also, the power does not seem to be MVP Bellinger. It's something different. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, listen, Sarah, I know Spiral Out, one of our uh, many people commenting in the chat was saying, great guest, love the deep dive. I could not agree more. I also want to give you a congratulations. I know you just started working with Pitcher List, so congrats on that new opportunity. And based off of all this wisdom you just dropped here, we see why you're a great addition to their talented team. And we appreciate you taking time out of your Monday to join us. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for
1: having me. I'd be happy to talk baseball with y'all anytime.
0: Well, we're,
2: anytime. we're coming out to Chicago July 4th. Maybe we'll, we'll meet up then.
0: Would yes. love it. Thank you, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, baseball analyst and podcaster, working with Pitcher List, Baseball HQ, SB Nation, Lead, Cubby Blue, does a fantastic job. Uh, Especially always loved having another female voice in the sports industry, because there's not enough of us. So uh, (laughs) happy to have had Sarah to join us on the show. And uh, speaking of joining us, you also have a chance to join us and rock some great merch, because Jamie and I always have, whether it's the overalls or other merch, we've got the latest, and FOCO has all of that for you. They have the leading manufacturer in sports and entertainment merchandise. They have holiday festive specific things. They have all sports memorabilia, a lot of entertainment things. So whatever you're looking for, head over to FOCO, use code PHLY10. to so you want to get 10% off of your purchase. And again, FOCO has all that you're looking for, whether it's overalls, hoodies, sweatshirts, uh, Christmas decor, bobbleheads, collectibles, whatever it is, FOCO is the place to buy the that leading sports and manufacturers, um, And an entertainment, I should say, gear. So head over to FOCO, use code PHLY, get 10% off of your purchase and be able to shop, shop, shop to you, drop, drop, drop over at FOCO. And while you're shopping, make sure you are also staying healthy while you're doing that. And over at Hero Bread, that is the place that you can... Not me. <laughs> all right, Hero Bread.
2: <laughs> My
3: bad. I was rolling.
0: I all right. It sounds okay. like somebody's got a case of the
3: Mondays.
0: Tyler, it's, it's all right. You're human. Um, so over at Hero Bread, you can make sure to eat healthy, eat delicious, eat so healthy you might look like Jamie. And you can have some high fiber bread that is ultra low net carbs, zero gram sugar per slice, and has fewer calories than the leading national brand. So head over to uh, Hero Bread at Hero.co, use the code P. E H L Y to be able to get a nice discount off of your purchase. You can also shop for them at Amazon and make sure this holiday season, you're eating right, eating merry and eating delicious with hero bread.
2: So interesting. Sarah thought that uh, Bellinger's Bellinger is the next big move. I, I thought she was like, I was trying to guess her answer and I was like, Oh, she's clearly going to go Yamamoto here. Uh, so the latest on Bellinger was his fiance <clears throat> posted a picture of the, uh, what's, what's the thing called? The sky, the, uh, the thing in Toronto, the, the building oh, oh, the skyscraper oh, um, what the hell's the name of it oh my I'm gosh i can't even be there i can picture it clear as day but yeah, i can't I think of the name of it. drake was sitting on it on yeah. one album it's the, uh,
3: cn tower cn tower yes yeah, yeah. so their, their version of the well I, mean, I don't know if it's their version they may be first i don't know but it's 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 a space needle
2: yeah it's basically the yes. space. Yes. yes uh so she apparently posted a picture of the cn tower uh so it does seem like toronto very much involved here. Uh Bellinger, it was, Sarah was was really informed. Um, like that is interesting that if you look at his stats, like not that much like that's why I think it's risky. Like, yeah, it's just he's I don't know. I do I want to give Cody Bellinger 175 that's, million I think dollars. The issue with him. Like, no, I probably don't. I do think he's a nice player, um, but I don't know about that type of money. Uh, So he could be the next one. But as she also alluded to, San Francisco is really desperate.
0: Yes. And if they don't
2: get Yamamoto like they (laughs) are I mean, that's bad when you have the money to spend and nobody wants to go there. (laughs) Like that's got to be a really depressing feeling as a fan Uh, because you always just want your owner to spend. And Mm -hmm. San Francisco is willing to spend, but nobody's willing to go there right now.
0: Exactly. So that's
2: pretty depressing for Giants fans.
0: Yeah. And now that Otani's off the board, those teams that were looking, such as the Blue Jays, that were looking to spend for Otani now have some extra funds that they're looking to spend elsewhere. I know for Bellinger, it has been the conversations of the Giants, the Cubs, the Blue Jays have been some of the teams that have been rumored. Um, I am. I was surprised by that answer, too, actually. I I still don't think Yamamoto is ready. I know Yamamoto is expected to be having meetings today, actually. Um, and this week, he's, the Yankees flew out to California to meet with Yamamoto. Um, so he's been having those in-person meetings now. So we're into phase two. If you, uh, you have to guess
2: right now, where do you think Yamamoto is going? Because I think he's going to be. Uh, I'm going Yankees.
0: I actually think the Yankees, too, and I think now that the Dodgers locked in Otani, I think the Yankees are going to be even more aggressive to bring in Yamamoto.
2: Yeah, and the Dodgers do need pitching, as much as we talk about that one. Well, the Dodgers
0: aren't done. Um, Apparently, they have been very active as well and and very open about the fact they're not done. Looking at their list, let me just scroll back up to it. Yeah, they're Um, involved in a couple of small trades. Someone like Tyler Glass now has been a prominent trade target of theirs over the last week. Uh, Multiple sources have said um, they are actively looking just in pitching in general. So Tyler's guy, Tyler has been one of the main ones they've been looking to bring in, but um, even had heard some mention of Yamamoto actually with the Dodgers. And that was, that was really eerie to hear, but mostly Mets and Yankees have been the the main two that I've heard, but have been hearing some speculations that the Dodgers may be interested in going after Yamamoto because they've got all the money in the world.
2: Well, (laughs) I mean, it's still scary that they're like 53 million below what they spent last year. Um, so if they wanted to make it happen, yeah, they, they theoretically could. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, Yamamoto wants to jo- join another, you know, Japanese teammate, well, the biggest Oof. one in the world just signed there. So mm-hmm. if that is something he values
0: and, and they're close, we've seen him in, Otani. damn, that's pretty appealing. All of a have, yeah. Him and Otani have actually obviously been teammates before, but we've seen them out and about. Like, I remember seeing clips of them, like golfing together, dinner. but the Dodgers, night. yeah, it, it's, John Heyman was saying it is possible um, that he might end up with the Dodgers. So that's very scary. I don't think if I had to, if if it's Dodgers, Mets, Yankees, I think the Mets are, are seeing themselves out of this deal. Um, Obviously we know Yamamoto did already meet with the Mets. They came and flew out to Japan, but the Yankees and the Dodgers to me make the most sense. If the Dodgers are willing to pay, he's going to the Dodgers. Like I, I,
2: I can't discount the Yankees though, either. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's something about New York, you know, like when you travel the world, like everybody's always like, oh the God, first always. question you get as an American is like, what's New York like? Yeah, you know what I mean? True. Like there is that. But it's you not, have a so chance
0: th- to play with Otani. Mookie Betts,
2: yeah, Freeman, but,
0: and the Dodgers, or to be in his—they're both. It's, it's L.A. I, I mean, if you're, it's you're
2: with Garrett Cole, and then you have Juan Soto and Aaron my, yes. Judge. Like you have a really good <laughs> chance to win. So, kind of a fascinating offseason. The guy who's not really getting discussed much as of now, and I wonder mm-hmm. how late he's obviously going to wait for Yamamoto to sign. But like Blake Snell seems mm-hmm. to be kind of like not even discussed much. Yeah, like he's a two-time Cy Young winner who who isn't really getting talked about yet.
0: He's another one the Dodgers were rumored to be pursuing, um, you know, even in the midst of Otani's deal being solidified. So, you know, it's been it's been the Dodgers, but it's also been some other teams like the Cubs, the Mets, the Giants, um, the Padres. So we haven't heard as much about Blake Snell. I do think it's the Otani effect that we're, you know, things had been quieter around a number of guys, but I imagine Blake Snell is probably going to be someone, I know the Red Sox were also talking about, uh, potentially bringing in Snell. So there's... Yeah, I, was, I think now this week we might get more of those murmurs Red around Sox guys like Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger.
2: Are like kind of in a weird place. Because I was talking to a good buddy of mine who's a diehard Red Sox fan. And he was like, man, I, I feel like we're broke all of a sudden. <laughs> and they really seem kind of turned off by the direction of the team under John Henry. Uh, it does seem like it's lost that uh, kind of magic up there in Fenway. Mm. You know, like... When you have Mookie Betts and Bogarts and like some really good players all fleeing and not coming back, like they're just not replacing it like they were. So the Red Sox seem like they're down bad. Tyler, you know, wrote a note up on our screen saying Yamamoto to the Red Sox. Any thoughts? Yeah. My thought is, it's not going to happen. Like, I, I don't know what happened to the Red Sox. Um, obviously they have money. Um I don't know what's so going on up there. The,
3: the one thing with the Red Sox payroll that is interesting is, is after this year, they are going to have three players come off the books that are making combined about $50 million. So Chris sales at like uh, he's at like 18 something. Oh, I'm sorry. Next year it's 25. Uh, Kenley Jansen's at 16. I, I doubt he's back as well. Chris Martin's one of their middle relievers who they signed for big money and and he's now going to be like 39 years old and he's making like eight and some change next season. There's like a $50 million Payroll dump coming off for the Red Sox next year. I wonder, with really only their really only big time signings being obviously Devers, Trevor Story, and then um, Yoshida. I'm curious if they think about pushing the chips in now knowing that that money is going to come back yeah. next
2: season well, well i mean if you were going to push in yamamoto at age 25 say, it's that's, like that's, that's what i mean yeah. And
0: last week there were the reports that yamamoto was a top priority for the red sox i know friday morosi john, uh, Marossi, john Marossi did go on mlb network and say as well that the red sox are heavily involved in conversations for yamamoto so i know right now it feels like everything's been mets yankees dodgers but the red sox might be kind of lurking in the wings as well of still actively pursuing doing uh Yamamoto as well and I think you're right Tyler if you're gonna go all in now do the time to do it if you're if you're the Red Sox what are you waiting for
2: yeah and before we get to get to that ballpark here um I did want to mention this uh Todd Zalecki in his uh newsletter mm-hmm. yesterday was nine years since the Phillies traded Jimmy Rollins <laughs> to the Dodgers uh for Zach Eflin and Tom Wendell wow. and and to me that was like that was the, the sign of the end of an error. Like I know Ryan Howard getting hurt. And then like, but like when Rollins got traded to the Dodgers, uh, speaking of the Dodgers, like the fucking Dodgers, they're just always <laughs> God. Uh, and look, I know it's not resulting in world series titles year after year, but like how fun must it be to be a Dodgers uh-huh. fan right now? So nine years ago, yesterday, Jimmy Rollins got traded. It feels honestly like 25 years ago.
0: Time flies. It really does. It really hasn't been that long. Well, um, I do want to say there were some other quick updates before we get to guess that ballpark. Uh, Corbin Burns apparently might be staying with the Brewers. Um, I know John Heyman's been reporting on that, as well as Bob Nightingale, that they're under the impression that he's going to stay put, and Corbin Burns might not be letting it burn anywhere but in Milwaukee. Uh, Looks like they might not be trading him. And, yeah, it looks like... Well,
2: they say that now, and the the trade deadline will come.
0: Exactly, Um, exactly. And that's actually what... That's literally what it is. Um, they, they have noted. So despite the fact that it looks like he may stay put, um, according to Brewers General Manager Matt Arnold during winter meetings, he was saying they will still, though, uh, have conversations out of due diligence, which means that they're still entertaining conversations. Anything's possible. It's not a 100 percent sure thing that Burns is staying with the Brewers. But if Arnold is going to be open to conversations and open to listening about uh, possible moves for Burns, that it's not completely off the table. And then also Will Smith. I thought this was so cool. So the Phillies need to go get
2: get him at the trade deadline. That's basically basically the key to Will Smith. So Dave Dombrowski, maybe his big move is going to get Will Smith at the trade deadline because Will Smith has won a World Series ring, what, three years in a row?
0: three years with three different teams, which is insane. Um, <laughs> so just go get him the trade about that, But the and Royals the are close to finalizing a deal with Will Smith um, on as of Sunday, and he still has to do a physical and everything like that. But the Royals are looking to sign a one-year deal, 5 million. But Will Smith is the key to winning uh, titles because, yes, the last three years three he's, won, years. That's he's won a title with three different teams. Um, and while one Will Smith was possibly working through a deal – our very own Will Smith was at the uh, 50 Years of Hip Hop Celebration that CBS recorded. I don't know if you saw that, Jamie or Tyler. No, I didn't. Um, I don't know if you tapped into your hip hop roots, but it was really cool to see Will Smith, DJ Jazzy Jeff um, were not only on stage performing, but were rocking Phillies gear. They had on Phillies hats, Phillies shirts, the red Phillies jersey, of course, ironically enough, uh, and as well as the cream. And it was great to see... Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff on the stage uh, doing something that wasn't confrontational or, or crazy. The first time for a while, I could look at Will Smith and say, oh, wow, Will, you're doing good. But that was a really cool moment for 50 years of hip hop because it was a chance to celebrate. And they had Flavor Flav and Public Enemy, Queen Latifah. It was Arrested Development, LL Cool J, Will Smith, Big Daddy Kane, Akon, D-Nice, all these different like modern current people, but also some of the people that helped make hip hop what it was. So uh will smith was the, you know it was a weekend of will smith
2: yeah J- jada pinkett <laughs> smith is really ruining will smith for me
0: i know and you know what that's why seeing i seeing feel like he's a prisoner. 50 years of hip-hop and i know like people in the chat are like no one was slapped uh it was great it was great because we finally got to see will smith rapping a lot of people forget will smith's start in the industry was not just his fresh prince it was him rapping with dj jazzy Jeff. just do and understand. he was he was great at that he was like the cool I had the biggest crush on him he was so cool and then everything with Jada just made him into a he annoying, was cool, but
2: like in terms of hip hop artists,
0: you know, you I know, mean,
2: it, he had some hits, but he like, did. <laughs> <you know. laughs> but
0: I'm saying with Jada
2: his, his whole <laughs> reputation
0: like, completely changed because now he's the crying, slapping people man. Like, he's just he does look like a person. Well, she right.
2: says that their marriage is good now, and the slap uh, was the best thing for their marriage, which is weird. And because everybody's they also said they like, were
0: separated. can
2: you two just stop talking publicly yeah. about just, your, your you. relationship? because you also
0: claimed you weren't even together for and years.
2: you slept with your son's friend like you made right. things weird very weird. what did they call it an entanglement
0: an entanglement yeah you had the whole entanglement and the red table talk and all the mess and and yes. now apparently you're fine it's just too much it's too much but that's why i was happy to see will smith on stage doing something normal and it wasn't something that was like a controversy or ridiculous it was just will smith being will smith so that was great. I know Bryce Harper was also in that really cool. Yeah, commercial. that was
2: uh, Mickey just said in the yeah. comment. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, because that was when cool. when it came on, I was sitting out in our uh, you know living room area with Andrew, one of our <coughs> producers, and he goes, "Oh no!" And he thought he was going to talk about his love of the Cowboys, I and I was like, "Bryce is not a dumbass. Like he is going to say mm-hmm. I was a Cowboys fan until I got to Philadelphia, and I could." Bingo. See it and, and feel that it. was
0: worded perfectly. And it like was cool. The way that Philly sports fans are and how, you know, it is to be a fan here. And he just started becoming an Eagles. Like that was, I was nervous at first. I'm like, whoa, where are we going with this? You know, are you trying to make this as some way to like bring together Phillies fans and Dallas fans by saying, like, our very own Bryce Harper is a Cowboys fan. But then they they did a good job because I was ready. I was like, all right, Bryce, where are we going with this? So it was like a a weekend of some minor cool things. Um, Because I think I believe them. Oh, I definitely believe him. I
2: definitely believe him. Well, there is a there is a degree of pandering to Bryce.
0: Yeah. like so And like, also, you know what? It had some personality in there. He was like, then I moved to Philly for yeah. my job. And I was like, ah, oh, you got But you it got is some kind of intoxicating there.
2: here when you feel it. So I want to believe him. But
0: you know what? But at I'm the same not, time,
2: he's kind of like a marketing genius. I'm a also
0: bit. not. Okay, listen. Let's just turn the tables. If somebody gave one of us a job in another market.
2: And paid me 300 plus million dollars.
0: Let's not forget. Yeah, that I would part. say
2: whatever the fans wanted to then, hear. Rene. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like, you're not going to sit up and just, like, you'll still be a Philly sports fan, but you'll also be now a fan of whatever that city is because you're getting paid very well. So I think it makes sense. And there's often that time where I, athletes have that tough separation. I wonder if part
2: of them last night was like, nice. <laughs> you nice. know you know yes, what i mean I like do. oh we just kicked the bird's ass nice. i know i know yeah. i mean
0: if he was a cowboys fan first
2: it's hard to just abandon that
0: and to be an eagles fan of all teams
2: i know to to the rival but yes.
0: 300 million could uh definitely make be persuasive without R- a doubt so randy
2: says bryce panders the way sirianni <laughs> wishes he did um yeah well it's just harder to get behind the oh, coach man. when he's pandering than it is a uh oh, an mvp geez. caliber player year Jeez, in and so year so out nice. all right let's get to it renee it's time for guess that ballpark there's only right, what we've got, eight got, some other, we got
0: some other people in the chat um i know niners all damn day you actually stuck it out because apparently since we're all angry about otani going to the dodgers we're now friends allegedly just um, hit that like button there yes, niners all damn day. P. randy welcome randy hypothetical command spiral out eugene Krabs, who crushes it at this game we have eight ballparks left and guess that ballpark. And one of them's great time, American ballpark. <laughs> one one of them good.
2: is. I think.
0: Our time is winding down. All right. Last Friday, our last one on Friday, Jamie and I both got correct. It was Oracle.
2: I don't like it when we both get a correct. I don't either, actually. Like I feel like we lose. should be
0: anonymously locking in our answers now because there's only eight left.
2: All right. I'll I'll send it in our Slack channel here. So Tyler.
0: I will text it no, like don't, a normal don't, twenty twenty three perfect the because
2: then Renee can see
3: your
0: answer. I'm not cheating. And you I'm can not see looking see Renee's answer.
2: Well, she's texting her, so I go and slay. Okay. Yeah, but I'm... All right, let's All go right. to I don't want you guys here, to have any reasons
0: to make excuses. All right. <clears throat> oh, mm. I think I actually know what it is from the jump, but let me double check.
2: Wow, from the jump, <laughs> she says. I'm
0: getting good at this game now.
2: I wish I had the list of what we've guessed and what we have.
0: Oh, I can give you what's left.
2: Well, yeah, what are what? can you read the eight off that are okay, left?
0: Okay, here are the eight that are left for Damien and everybody ballpark. in the chat. Great, Great American, American ballpark. ballpark, Kaufman, Oriole Park, PNC, Rogers... Target, Truest, and City, City, aka City Field.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. Those are the ones that are left.
2: Contestants, lock
3: in your
0: answers <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> you said Kaufman is one of them.
0: Kaufman is still available.
2: Mm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I have an initial thought. But I'm 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 still working working through it. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty positive here. Oh
2: wow, she's feeling posit- positive.
3: Feeling
0: positive. Positive. <laughs> oh oh, wait a minute.
2: Uh,
0: All right, so
3: I we we can tell Jamie's. Uh, yeah, I Jamie's, don't have a gut. Jamie's kids are getting <laughs> into Paw Patrol because they're positive.
2: Did you we say <laughs> Truist is available?
3: Truist, Truist is, available. is available. Yes,
0: Truist Park is available as well as Target Field right. and Rogers Center.
2: I'm gonna go with Truist.
0: No, you're not supposed to be saying it out loud.
2: Well, what am I supposed to say? You're
0: supposed to be slacking it to Tyler. we literally uh, just discussed this. Oh, my Atlanta.
2: Well, you kind of already heard what I was.
0: I didn't hear what you were saying. I wasn't listening.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> just don't guess the same thing as me.
0: This could be a few different ones, actually. Dang it. I was kind of like all in, and then now I'm not really sure.
2: Mmm. Mmm.
0: Oh, boy. Eugene, I'm nervous. Eugene,
2: I think, is even a little...
0: This is this is a tricky one. I'm not reading the chat, but Tyler, you can read the chat out loud. Well, I mean, not out loud. actually. If it's oh, Great God. American
2: Ballpark and I submitted the wrong answer, I will be pissed. It is not Great American Ballpark. Wow. So there's only set, one oh of seven. No. Oh,
0: no. no, 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 Knowing you and Chris, Great
2: American Ballpark is now going to be the last one. Oh, it's not oh going to be gosh, on Oh, my gosh.
0: This is actually really tough.
2: All right, Renee. I think we're at the point now where we have to give you a minute countdown.
0: <laughs> No. Oh, no, 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 no.
2: Siri, one minute countdown. Oh, dang it.
0: I really thought I had this, but now I'm not quite sure. Mm, There's about three of them that look the same. Mm. Okay. Okay.
3: Jamie's answer is locked in. Oh,
0: no.
2: And you have 45 seconds.
0: Ah! Okay. 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 I can do this. The
2: tough with my cheat sheet is the domes. Uh, I'm using the images from space.
0: You're still having the dome problem. And the,
2: and the domes, I just... I, Sorry, guys, it's over. Dave P. got it.
0: Wait, I'm not looking.
2: It's six flags. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was like, don't do all that. Don't mess us up here.
2: Okay. All right, Renee, let's see. You got... 20 seconds.
0: Okay, 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 guys. We got this. We can do this. A
2: hypothetical man's calling you Renee Kimbrell.
0: I'm definitely not aware of the pitch clock. 10 seconds. Oh, no. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. Tyler, I'm typing to you. Who are you saying?
2: Okay, wait, too. You can just say it at this point. No. You have two, (laughs) one.
0: (laughs) Okay. Oh, I
2: set off Mickey's timer. I'm sorry, Mickey. Oh,
0: no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm typing it to you. Oh, gosh.
2: (laughs) Well, you can just say it at this point. I've already submitted. Oops. Okay, Okay, your answers are submitted.
3: One of the two of you is correct. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> one of the two of you are. It
0: could be you. Why do you think, me me think it's me not me you?
3: Me. And, and by the way, I'm I'm responding, Renee, to your updated answer.
0: No, yeah. wait! No, oh my gosh! No, you don't want the updated answer. Wait, wait! What? Oh my gosh! Wait! No! What wait! You, you sent me two two different ballparks. What are you doing? It was a joke. You sent it me was a joke,
3: two a joke. different ballparks. Now this makes me even worse. So one you, you of us gotta, is correct. No. You, <sighs> stop reading in. You this is got, like a new form of cheating. You gotta pick one. You sent me two, pick one. <laughs> oh no. The first okay. or the second. I'm
0: sweating. Yeah, you one, said one, one or of two. us is correct. One, yeah. Don't
3: worry <laughs> about that. Submit your answer. Which one are you going I with? Don't know. This is why we're bringing... I can't
0: handle this. Because one of them is right and one of them is wrong, the, I feel like. This is
3: <laughs> why we're bringing our show to 75 minutes every day now because we don't have I guess any. that
2: ballpark takes 22 minutes with Renee. All right, I just sent you
0: the no okay. Answer.
3: All right. So oh, final answer God. submitted? Final answer is still submitted. One of you one of two of you are still correct.
0: <laughs> what? what? I did all that and was wrong.
2: Yep. W. W. Atlanta Braves.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, wait. Can I tell a quick 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 story before we go? Because I have a lot of weird stories that involve bladder things i actually so, have to
2: pee so as long as it's actually a quick oh, story good. sure So
0: david said i didn't cover my eyes in hide and seek i actually didn't because hide and seek used to always make me pee myself <laughs> but i was like way too while you were hiding myself. or seeking? i just got i'm get, i would get nervous like seeing the person chasing after me or seeing the person like looking for me would make me nervous and i would absolutely be myself
2: wow not competitive much are you <laughs> She's so competitive, she pees herself when people are – because I'm in a, I'm in a uh, pretty hardcore hide-and-seek phase at my oh, house. Oh, God, I can't. So, uh, you know, Mm-mm. like I was in a dark Mm-mm. closet yesterday for like what felt like 35 minutes hoping my daughter would finally find me, and she oh. did. Um, so I've been playing a lot of hide-and-seek myself these days. Uh, I've yet to wet myself.
0: <laughs> I mean, playing with like. Would you your... wet
2: yourself as an adult?
0: Playing? No, I don't know. I haven't played in a while. Yeah,
2: why don't you play with okay, your niece so and nephew? Do here's us a what little, little <laughs> test with your niece and nephew next week. Next time you see them, play hide and seek. And if they find you and you pee
0: yourself,
3: what, whatever whatever the 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 sound was that that came out of Renee's mouth when she was trying to decide what what <laughs> ballpark it was, she's gonna be like hiding somewhere, and then the kid's gonna get close, and <laughs> all that's right, all you're so gonna do. I, I
0: have okay, so I have a confession. I get nervous, and just like I just got nervous just now, like when I when I see the person is like getting close to me, I like get antsy, and then when I'm running from them, I'm like. Ah! I'm like running and screaming and then I naturally like pee myself during all that. I think
2: you would be terrible in a horror movie.
0: I would. I definitely yeah. would. I I would.
2: You would go into all the wrong doors. You know, doors I'm a big, I,
0: well, you see what I did with the people that were by my car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before we went on air, I was looking out the window and I went to go make sure my car was locked. So I did the old trick and I, there was three teens uh in between Renee's car and another car in the back corner leaning of the on
0: lot, my car looking a little <laughs> like up. I didn't like that they were touching my car.
2: I was assuming they were smoking the doobies because they were kind of like buried in the back lot in between two cars kind of getting some shelter. Uh it turns out they were like maybe doing some TikToking. The teens were TikToking. Uh, but they were leaning on your car and I was like Renee there's three kids uh you know leaning on your car. So you went to hit the alarm to startle them, which would have been hilarious. Hilarious because those kids might have shit, uh, but instead you opened your trunk uh, and the kids also panicked and kind of <laughs> moved away quickly. Uh, it was it was pretty entertaining am, to watch I from seven stories. To say up. That's
0: not the first time that's happened. And again, it was a similar situation. It's not me. It's my key fob needs to figure out the alarm and the trunk needs to be. Further. yeah the
2: buttons probably they're aren't right, clear uh,
0: they're right next well, it's a big red button but <laughs> yeah. but i like in a I panic. Say,
2: usually those panic buttons are pretty clear right there.
0: in a panic somebody was by my car because i live in the city and i was like oh no oh no and i opened the i basically i'm opening the door for yeah robbers. you're giving
2: them free access to your car <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm gonna pee myself right now yeah i just don't i you know why i always wonder if i would fight or flight and i think i would just pee and cry
2: yeah is what it comes i don't want to. to see you starring like, in any i don't
0: any think horror i movies. do well and I'm, I'm a little concerned i don't mm-hmm. think i do well i think you're putting a little too situation. much pressure on yourself but like what you see and guess that ballpark is pretty consistent like this is not fake like maybe I'm you're nervous. the one that
2: needs the doobie in the back of the <laughs> lot you know relax Do a little like bit. a good
0: doobie every once in a while <laughs> uh, I just stressful yeah thanks well, guys for thanks. listening to my um story
2: and mickey wanted to hear the urinal cake story again but we'll get into that another day um, but that's the second P story you've learned about Renee in our short time. I have
0: a lot time. of P stories. Well, like over. Eugene toilet. Krabs is
2: probably going to get like some real bad ideas if you keep this conversation going. So, for your sake, <laughs> I'm going to bow us out. Falling of
0: it. into dog poo Yeah, right, like, I kill. have a lot of stories that involve gross things. I was playing <laughs> in a soccer. Game.
2: Oh God, what's this one?
0: <laughs> Last one. Last one. I promise. <laughs> I was playing in a soccer game Uh and it was 11 v 11 back in the day. You played on grass fields. You didn't play on turf fields. And it was like at a local park. And I, of all the people on the field of all the players that were on the field and playing in the game managed to fall in a pile of dog poop in my soccer game Mm. and had Lumps of turds on my shoulder, mm. and had to come out and get my jersey cleaned off mm. because I had it wasn't like a smeared poop; it was like a pile of poop. So I don't know what's up with me and and bathrooms. And That's stuff bad work and like, by
2: that pet owner. <laughs> you can't be having your dog deuce on a on a soccer field. So right I, field. I grew up playing soccer in Washington Crossing State Park. I don't know if you ever played. There was so much geese shit on those fields. Because it's right at the canal and the river, so the yeah. geese are just all oh. over the place. So I, too, played soccer and poop.
0: But at least geese poop is, like, solid. Like, it was, like, fresh turds <laughs> on my shoulder. Just lumps. You, it was got- actually the right shoulder. I remember this, like, it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I have 11, so I have yeah. very, very clear memory of it. Yeah. And I was like, what is that smell? I didn't know at first. I was just running around. Oh. What is that smell? I yeah. thought it was mud. It was dog poop on my yeah. shoulder. Eugene my
2: Crab says we need a full <laughs> show dedicated to Renee's pee and poop stories. Um, if you want to do that solo one day, I'll gladly you know take the day off, and uh, you can do the pee and poop chronicles yeah, I'm, of I'm Renee not, Washington. I'm not
3: producing that show, so you're gonna have to do to do uh, to do both.
2: yeah oh, lumps no. of turds. I'm your host, Renee Washington. Welcome into lumps of turds. Uh, so on behalf of all of us here at PHLY Phillies podcast, (laughs) (laughs) thanks to everybody for hanging out with us today. If you haven't hit that like button before you do, uh, leave, we'd appreciate a little smash of that thumbs up button. Even if you are a
0: 49ers fan, hopefully you still enjoyed the show despite the, some stories. Yeah. So
2: for Renee, for Tyler, for all of us here at PHLY, (laughs) thanks for hanging out with us. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, maybe, some Philly stuff to talk about, Hopefully, probably not. Uh, there actually was a fan graphs thing that Tyler brought to my attention before the show, which we'll get into tomorrow, which is kind of shocking, uh, but also very positive. So yeah. we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks to everybody for Renee, Tyler and myself. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. We all like the mayor.